the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. So, this week marks the third week in the 2023 Advent season. You know, that four-Sunday period just prior to December 25th, Christmas Day? Well, the third Sunday in Advent being December 17th, we'll continue our goal of offering an Advent refresher course. So today, we're illuminating our third and final Hebrew term and concept that, surprisingly, will actually enhance our Christian understanding of the Jewish Messiah's first coming into the world. In other words, Jesus Christ's first coming. In part one of this December miniseries, we investigated the key term Emmanuel. Last time in part two, we explored some critical facets of the key term Messiah. So today, in part three, we'll unpack the beauty and richness of the key English term Jesus. And if you missed any sessions in this December series, or even the November prequel series. All podcasts may be found at faithtalk1360.com. Just search for local program podcasts or Spotify. And here, search for A Word from the Word with Pastor Tom or Apple Podcasts. Friends, today's part three is Who Do People Say Jesus Is? Inspired by Matthew 16, 13 through 16, where Jesus actually asks his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And isn't this first century question still the question of the ages? Hasn't every generation since Jesus lived asked this very question? Here we are in the 21st century, and this question is still relevant, isn't it? Well, the beauty and richness of this English word Jesus actually has its origins in the Hebrew Scriptures, our Old Testament. Jesus. Have you noticed, friends, that the quote-unquote Christmas spirit is more easily mentioned during this one particular season of the year? 
But what is not so easily mentioned or talked about is that this Christmas spirit, friends, is really Jesus. Recall, I've said that many moons ago, a Christian marketing slogan during this season was, Jesus is the reason for the season. Remember that one? Well, in my opinion, that slogan's still somewhat limiting. Jesus is the reason for living. And it just so happens that we've chosen and we've been permitted to celebrate his first coming into the world publicly and freely in America, at least for now anyway. Friends, when we just say the name Jesus, and it's not meant as a curse, do we even realize just what we're saying? Our English word Jesus has both a rich history and a deep meaning. Its origin goes all the way back to the Old Testament's original languages, Hebrew and Aramaic. Now, just to get to our English form, we have to peel back five layers of language. That's right, five layers. From our modern English tradition, Jesus, let's first go back one layer to 12th century early Middle English, and we have the form J-E-S-U, pronounced Yesu or Jesu. In fact, even as far ahead as 1723, Johann Sebastian Bach composed his well-known hymn, Jesu, Joy of Man's Desiring. Then, from the early Middle English, let's go back another layer to the Latin, where we find the Latin variation I-E-S-U-S, pronounced I-E-S-U-S. Okay, now let's go back another layer from the Latin, and we'll find ourselves smack in the middle of the Greco-Roman Empire, where common Greek was the language of commerce. Friends, perhaps you've even heard the term Koine Greek the street language of the day, if you will, the common language of trade and business, the common language if people expected to dialogue with one another in that society and culture. Keep in mind that the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures has at this point been around for about 200 years. You may have heard the word Septuagint or seen the Latin numerical equivalent LXX in books or articles. So, friends, the Greek variation of the Latin word Iesus becomes the Greek word Iesos, spelled I-E-S-O-U-S. Remember now, the Jewish people living in the Roman Empire realized the utter necessity of learning the Greek language. Okay, let's peel back even the layer of Greek and go to the Aramaic original. But keep in mind that Aramaic and Hebrew are from the same language family. It's as if Aramaic became the local village or clan dialect in the Hebrew community. When we investigate both the Aramaic short form, Yeshua, and the Hebrew unabbreviated form, Yahashua, we learn this word for Jesus literally means Yah saves or Yah is salvation. Yah might even sound familiar to some of you because it's part of the word Hallelujah, which in Hebrew is actually two words, Hallelujah and Yah, Y-A-H. This Hebrew word, Hallelujah, means bless or praise, and Yah is the short or abbreviated poetic form of Yahweh, God's personal and covenant name between him and the Israelites. Hallelujah then means bless or praise God or the Lord. So Yeshua, Jesus' Hebrew name, turns out 
to mean Yah saves, or Yah is salvation, as I said earlier. For our benefit, his name means God saves, or God is salvation. Now, friends, before we can move on from here, we'll need a brief Hebrew history lesson. You see, we as modern-day westernized Gentile Christians tend to hear or see salvation as a spiritual concept. But the word salvation originated as a non-spiritual term and concept. And here's where our history lesson helps. The Hebrew suffix shua in the name Yeshua carries the meanings of save, rescue, deliver, even liberate. It was a military term. In the Hebrew mind, the original concept was that God, Yahweh, was Israel's military deliverer. So as New Testament Christians, we must put on our Old Testament sandals and think like a Hebrew. For the Israelites, the pinnacle experience that forever burned into their minds that their God, Yahweh, was their deliverer, was the Red Sea and encounter and crossing. This was the Exodus out of Egypt event, recorded in Exodus 14. You remember Exodus 14, don't you? This is where Pharaoh comes to his senses and remarks, what was I thinking? After he finally let the Israelites go, so he dispatches 600 troops and their best chariots and joins them in the pursuit of recapturing these Israelite slaves. Imagine for a moment, friends, what you might feel like stuck at the edge of the Red Sea, seeing the dust kicking up behind you, knowing that those Egyptian soldiers are in hot pursuit to get you back. And while you're biting your lips or fingernails, or possibly peeing in your pants, you hear Moses being instructed by God to say, Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see Yahweh's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. Yahweh will fight for you, and you must be still. Then Yahweh tells Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Lift up your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. This is Exodus fourteen thirteen through 16. Remember now, friends, salvation was originally understood to mean being delivered, rescued, saved from their military enemies, securing victory over them. True, salvation was later broadened to include deliverance or rescue from natural catastrophes or disasters, emergencies, plagues, famines, even sicknesses. But as time went on, it acquired the deeper spiritual meaning of being delivered or rescued or liberated from sin, and deliverance ultimately became equated with spiritual salvation. Yet we see in Exodus 15, where the song of deliverance is recorded, Moses and Israelites rejoice and sing over the side of the Red Sea, and maintaining the military motif that's embedded in these powerful lyrics, I will sing to the Lord, Yahweh, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. The Lord, Yahweh, is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This, or he is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord Yahweh is a warrior, and the Lord Yahweh is his name. 
notice that salvation language is couched in the motif of physical deliverance, physical rescue, being physically saved, gaining victory over physical situations and dangers. But the beauty of all this, friends, is that by New Testament times, we see some Israelites who are fully aware that Israel's deliverance is more importantly spiritual deliverance. Like Simeon, for example. In the Gospel of Luke, Simeon's personal revelation is recorded. Luke 2, 25-32, include this proclamation. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Whoa! Wait just a minute! This is code language, friends. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, parroting words spoken by the Hebrew prophet Isaiah in chapter 40, which opens declaring this future promise for Israel. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Comfort here in the Hebrew also means console. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for. So, friends, Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Translation, that he would see the Yahweh's Moshiach. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When Joseph and Mary brought the child Jesus in to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Despot! Whoa! A Greek word that means total master, total lord, one who exercises unrestricted power and absolute domination. The NIV says sovereign lord here. So, sovereign lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant, Simeon, in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Friends, picture this. Simeon is holding in his arms the child Jesus and telling God that he is holding in his arms God's salvation and that Jesus, God's salvation, has been prepared for all the nations to see and that this Jesus, God's salvation, is to become a light of revelation to the Gentile world as well as to be the glory of his own people Israel. Wow! Now, friends, remember Simeon's declaration comes after the angel's instruction to Joseph when he was considering divorcing Mary. Let's recall Matthew 1, 20 and 21. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Yeshua. Jesus, because he, Yeshua, will save his people from their sins. In other words, friends, Jesus will deliver his people from their sins. Jesus will rescue his people from their sins. Jesus will liberate or give victory to his people from or over their sins. Did you catch that, friends? Jesus is the name given to Joseph and Mary's son because he will save or bring salvation to his people, the Israelites. 
Well, friends, let's pause here a moment. You're listening to A Word from the Word with me, your host, Pastor Tom. I value you as listeners, and A Word from the Word is listener-funded. Your financial partnership is vital to help keep this program on the air, which also disciples Christians without a church home, and you who may have been hurt or wounded by the institutional church. Please join forces with me and A Word from the Word by emailing me for support details at a word from the word at minister.com. Friends, we're living in challenging financial times, and ministries are not immune from these challenges. A word from the word is still seeking to become fully funded, and monthly supporters are greatly needed. We'll repeat this info at the end of today's program. Well, friends, I hope you're finding this name, Jesus, as interesting and amazing as I do, especially that an angel of the Lord decided this baby's name and chose the name Jesus because the name Jesus, Yeshua, means God saves. So here we see that in this name, Yeshua, Jesus, his life mission is defined. Jesus' mission will be to save people from their sins. Jesus' mission becomes bringing salvation to not only Jews, but Gentiles as well. In other words, everyone to the whole world. So here we can see clearly that for Joseph and Mary and for Simeon, the angel wants to make it perfectly clear that in Jesus, deliverance for Israel equals being delivered or saved from sin, being rescued, being liberated, gaining victory over sin. Okay now, but how do the apostles and disciples of Jesus carry this idea forward in their preaching and teaching ministry? Let's test the scriptures, and now I mean our New Testament, and see what the New Testament says, what the New Testament actually declares. Our premise will be that the revelation that Jesus' arrival on planet Earth in Bethlehem would signal that he, and he alone, is the universal Savior of the world. To be fair, we'll examine a cross-section of the New Testament writer's own declarations and perhaps surprisingly discover that Jesus was and is God's salvation. And in fact, see that in these writers' minds, Yah saves. Amen. Okay, so here we go. In Acts 4.12, Peter makes an amazing declaration. Recall that it was Peter who, in Acts 2, delivered the first post-resurrection sermon to all the Jews living in Jerusalem and to the Jews visiting from around the empire for the Feast of Pentecost, declaring that Jesus was the Messiah Savior the Jews were expecting and thirsting for. In Acts 4, Peter rails on the skeptical and unbelieving Jewish leaders, saying to them, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Did you hear that, friends? Did you notice Peter's use of mankind? There's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved? Did you catch that Peter did not say, There is no other name under heaven given to us Jews? Jews? 
by which we must be saved. He said, given to mankind. The Greek word Peter uses here is anthropos and refers to humanity in general, as in mankind or humankind. Growing up, I remember my grandfather saying the phrase megaloanthropos to my dad whenever he wanted to let my dad know that a particular person thought he was important, a big deal, so to speak. Megaloanthropos meant big man. An older generation designation used to be man, signifying mankind. So here in Acts 4, Peter has realized and recognized that Jesus is now the Messiah Savior for all mankind, and that Yah saves everyone, everywhere. Okay, next up. Acts thirteen forty six through 49 Here Paul and Barnabas, on an occasion visiting the synagogue in Pisidia in Antioch, comprised of both Jews and God-fearing Gentiles, and they say to them, We had to speak the word of God to you, Jews, first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord commanded us. Now quoting Isaiah 49, 6, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Next, Titus 2.11, we read, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Again, the word anthropos, all mankind. Next, Revelation 7, 9 through 10, the Apostle John writes, There before me was a great multitude no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Notice here, friends, the Apostle John reinforces that the Lamb is equally God. So, friends, the name Jesus, a name chock full of meaning and power, the name, the only name that brings salvation to the human race. So, when you bring Jesus to someone, you are bringing salvation to them, deliverance, rescue, liberation, and victory over sin. Well, friends, Jesus' name defines his mission. And you know what's kind of cool, friends? The special name that the angel told Joseph to call his son, Yeshua, Jesus, in Matthew 1, is followed by these words. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So built into Jesus' name is his mission, bringing salvation. Then Matthew himself adds this parenthetical clause that Jesus' birth fulfills Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah 7.14 that Jesus will also be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So built into the name Emmanuel is Jesus' nature. Friends, while Matthew 1.21 defines Jesus' mission, verses 22 and 23 that quote Isaiah 7.14 define Jesus' nature. In other words, Jesus will be God. We elaborated on this in parts one and two in this mini-series. Friends, as Jesus' followers, we must also adopt his mission. 2024 is right around the corner, so how about we recommit ourselves to this mission of bringing salvation to those around us, and at the same time, protecting Jesus' reputation as being God in the flesh, according to John 1.14. Amen. Amen. 
Well, friends, we're at the end of today's program. Our program will close with an email where you may write me and share your feedback. Before we close today, I'd like to add these personal thoughts. While the Christmas season has been affectionately called the season of joy, for some of us, the last half of 2023 heading into 2024 has not been all joy. Perhaps there's been hardships, challenges, even tragedies. But Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, friends. Jesus is still Still the answer. Jesus still brings hope of eternal life. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. In John 1, 3 and 4, 1 John that is, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make your joy complete. Perhaps for some, joy is not complete. So let this season restore your joy. Let the celebration of Jesus' first coming into the world be like the first shepherds who heard the angels say, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born, Jesus Christ the Lord. And friends, I'd like to add an additional comment regarding Emmanuel, which I brushed over earlier in the program. This is a rich and meaningful name originating from Isaiah. Perhaps you're familiar with some Old Testament title names of God, like El Shaddai, God Almighty, or El Elyon, God Most High, even El Olam, God Everlasting. Well, I find it interesting that only the title name Emmanuel has El at the end, don't you? It's not El Emmanuel, but Emmanuel. We should read this as, With us is God. For you technical minds, the Hebrew actually reads, With us God. In Jesus, in Emmanuel, with us is our God. The New Testament writer of Hebrews reminds us that God says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 Friends, podcasts of A Word from the Word may be accessed at faithtalk1360.com. Just search the local program podcasts or Spotify and search for A Word from the Word with Pastor Tom or go to Apple Podcasts. And thanks to my friends and partners at christianbody.net. A Word from the Word is broadcast in over 70 countries. Friends, the email you hear shortly is also where you may inquire about helping fund A Word from the Word, which is listen are funded. In these economically and financially challenging times, ministries are not immune from these challenges. So, please pray about joining our support team. A Word from the Word is seeking to become fully funded, and monthly partners are greatly needed. If this program's inspired you to grow and study God's Word more intently, please invest in A Word from the Word's mission, which includes sharing the gospel, discipling you if you're without a church home, or if you you've been hurt by the institutional church. I love coming aside, all of you. We want to end 2023 in the black, so please help us do that. Please make a one-time contribution and or become a monthly partner before this year ends. Well, thanks for listening today, friends, and remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from A Word from the Word. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.